Hi, I'm Ulysses, and this is Music, Meaning, and Mystery, a podcast for the other musicians. This month's episode is with guest Salve England. Salve is a music therapist and, of course, a musician. We have a conversation about music therapy as it applies in preschool all the way to hospice care. We also have a discussion of what appears to be literal miracles. This episode is the result of our second attempt to get a podcast done together. Our first attempt was hampered by technical difficulties because technically I forgot to record (laughs) when we had our conversation. So you will hear references to our first conversation. However, the entire conversation can be understood self-contained. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. Let's reiterate why, why music in church is better than no music in church. Oh, okay. Yes, music, music speaks louder than words. Take a poem and set it to music, and it has a whole different feel. And it turns into a hymn or something else. And a lot of times music with no words can speak to people. And then they, I mean, it can open up their heart to what they really need to be thinking about doing whatever. Um, When there are no words, you know, they just, you get the feeling from the music and that's helpful for anybody. And people are interpreting it all different ways when they're just hearing music with no words. I remember you mentioned about how that's linked to memory, how music can invoke a, piece of the past and suddenly you're like right in it oh for sure yeah it takes you back to you know the first time you heard this song and and whether it was a wonderful experience or it was a bad experience yeah it it takes you back there and you have left the present and you've gone back to wherever you heard that song first I very much like music as a time traveling like device or something yeah yeah, for sure. It's made me wonder that phenomena with music as well as with emotions, just where where that comes from. Because before the music, that memory, that emotion wasn't there before. And suddenly music just poof, magically makes it appear. I just find that, I just find that incredibly fascinating and strange. It is. And it's not something that you're looking at, like, here's a picture that's evoking this memory or this changing this emotion. It's like you're just hearing something and it changes your whole mind. Hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a, a lady who's come on the show a few times. Her name is Sue. She's a jazz musician. And um, her thing that she keeps stressing to musicians is that they have a lot of power that they don't realize that they have and acknowledging and understanding what that power is is going to be important because uh, you could either like neglect your responsibility to use it well or even use it irresponsibly and 
not and like hurt people or just do something stupid with it uh, and I definitely think that the ability to uh, put emotions in people it's like it's a, I remember when I was growing up uh, learning to play music and I was in an environment that was like quite restrictive for me and there would be like kitchen parties and so forth and then they'd want to have me participate hey do you want to play do you want to play something and i was always keenly aware that if i started playing and like because i didn't quite fit in that i could really completely change the mood of the the environment and i would always kind of step back from that i just didn't i just didn't feel like i could I just didn't feel like I was, I don't know, mature enough to, or I just, I couldn't. Did you think you had like, you were getting too much power? Yeah, it felt like I, I don't think that I'm, I, I'm ready to be able to just change the whole atmosphere of, of a room full of 15 people. I just didn't, didn't, was not comfortable with that. That wasn't your thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when I, it makes me think of like, if you go to like a Pentecostal church and, and, and the group, they, they start singing and singing and then it gets the, 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 it gets like into a frenzy and, and people are going crazy because this is such a wonderful deal, but it's because you're in this group and then, and the, the musician, whoever is leading this thing, they have a lot of power over this whole group and you know they're singing the same the same phrase over and over and over again and people are just that can be yeah you can influence in a good or bad way i have to say i watched a lot more footage of pentecostal church services than you might expect <laughs> and the reason i got there was also for a reason you might not expect was through elvis <laughs> yeah, I found out that when Elvis was asked where he had learned his dance move, he said he learned it at his Pentecostal church. <laughs> so I wanted to know, you know, is that true? And it turns out it's kind of you can kind of see it like the way they move, obviously, in the in the church is considerably less sexy, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, not quite the same as Elvis. That's interesting. That's where he learned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, and when and when people get into, well, that's a whole. It's it's sort of similar to when you're in the zone, you know, like when you're playing music and you're and you've left this world and you're in the zone. That's that's a whole another thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that kind of brings it back as to why, you know, music is appropriate in church because there's something inherently transcendent about it. It connects you to something transcendent and. And the research I'm doing, it's pointing to, to our deep ancestors. That's how they were using music. It wasn't um, necessarily uh, like the way we, we've we kind of businessified music. It's just like a, an industry of distraction or something. It's, was, it had a more, uh, you know, sacred use if you, if you want. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, move to the next step of, of your career, music therapy. 
Um, now you're trained in music therapy? Yes, I am. Okay. So tell me some of the experiences uh, of a music therapist. How do you use music to therapize people? <laughs> therapize, there's a new word. Um, the technical definition that I use is music, using music to change behavior. That's what music therapy is. In, in a preschool setting, which, where I work with um, kids who were, um, were physically challenged or uh, mentally, um, we put them in small groups and we had music therapy sessions. And they just thought we were singing songs and having fun, playing rhythm instruments, dancing around. And this one little boy, he, he never stood up on his own, but if you'd, if you'd help him up, okay, so he's, let's, he, let's, he's like three years old. So he, you, you'd help him up, get up and, and walk around and dance. And if you hold on to his hand, you know, that'd be great. Then he, he'd be happy. But um, one day in the music therapy session, everybody gets a turn. You know, Susie, stand up, clap your hands. Okay, it's time for Tommy. Tommy, stand up, clap, clap your hands. But when we came to Steve, and he never stood up on his own. Well, this day he stood up on his own. And all the teachers and, and myself were just like, wow, this is so cool. So he's in in a group setting, the music, we just, we just gave all the credit to the music therapy part and that was pretty exciting. So just little things like that. And when you're doing music therapy, you're always looking for small increments of progress. You're not looking for, you know, let's play Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. You're looking for really tiny steps that, the kid, that kids can take or adults. So, um, Let's see, music therapy. When, when I've worked with music therapy with um, seniors, like in senior facilities, um, you just, you find music that they can relate to. And most of the time it's music from their past. If you get a group of seniors together and they're singing together, there's that community feel again that you and I have, a talk, have talked about. Um, and then this can provoke the same, your memories from, oh yeah, the First time I heard that back in 1952, I was with my friend, you know, we were fishing or whatever. So um, music is really powerful as, as a therapy. And then it goes to the hospice that I've been doing recently, um, singing with, with people in hospice. I was, I was there yesterday and singing with this one guy and in between every song he'd say, this is so fun. Why did you come here? And I said, oh, I came here to sing songs with you. Oh, okay. Then I'd sing another song and he'd go, this is so great. Why did you come? Are you an angel? <laughs> he must have said that about four times. Are you an angel? So here's a guy who doesn't remember much, but he's got really good verbal skills. And then he'd like, did you, did you like come from like up there? And I said, I don't know. I just came in your room to sing songs with you. And it was so fun because the whole time he was just thrilled that I would come into his room and sing songs. I'm like, wow, I didn't really do a whole lot, but he was, he was a happy guy. Yeah. I've learned yeah. that, uh, I guess the Mennonites, uh, their part of their belief system is that it's not allowed for anyone to die alone. So they're, okay. uh, their what they do their tradition is when someone is dying is they go with them 
at the bed and they sing to them. As they die, and there seems to be no, I can't think of a, a better way to leave. Oh, yeah. Than to be sung to whatever happens next, right? It's. Yeah, and, and hearing is the last sense. These, that's what they say. That's the last sense to, to go when you die. Wow. So to have that music going all the, all the way, that could be a lot of singing, depending on how long this person is hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the specifics of it. It's just uh, something that uh, someone mentioned, you know, in, in passing in a conversation, but it really struck me as, um, you know, just kind of a, a, a deep understanding of what music really, really does. And as you do, you know, to, to sing to people who are, who are, um, you know, who are in need of that sort of joy or uplifting or, or, or to touch something light. Um, yeah, it's, it's really a good service. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about drumming. Okay. <laughs> That seems, at first glance, like it's an, an anomalous part of your musical path. But uh, let's talk about it and discover how it actually fits into your the way your music career is going. Um, a lot of the the drumming, when I think about you know music as a me and in, in helping people in music. The drumming is more, it's helping me. And drumming in community, um, there's just a feel when you have a group together. Like we had, we had a performance and we played out at a community park. And it's just, I mean, I think the drummers always have more fun than the audience, but you know, everybody came and listened. And um, yeah, just working, working on drum rhythms together. Like we work on some really tough rhythms like one there's three people here playing one rhythm and three people here playing another one and then another person over here is playing a different one and to make all that fit together when it when, when it doesn't fit you can feel there's just that uneasiness but when it gels and it's like oh that is really cool it's it's hard to describe what it is I'm, I'm sure you know what it is but just how neat that is as a community and you just you're, you're like one, you're not like seven people playing. It's like one sound coming out and all these people are participating in it. So it's just a lot of fun. And then, then you get to know the people in the group, you know, in between all your playing and it's a, it's really fun. You know, I recently learned that the, the root meaning of the word religion is, is, like relig, like like a ligament. Oh. So it's the what brings together. It's the real meaning of that word is whatever links things together, whatever brings together. That's religion. Oh, interesting. I yeah. did not know that. So when I say that, like your musical path strikes me as a particularly religious one. That's that's the way that I would mean it, right? With 
uh, all the ligaments connecting together. Oh, yeah. And if your music can connect people to memories or connect people to something transcendent, um, which is, I think, is what this man was expressing. If he's asking if you're an angel, it's clearly he's having a transcendent experience. I know. I thought about that. I went, wow, this could be more than him just asking this question. I thought, wow, then, you know, maybe maybe he's got a di- he's got a good connection going here with somebody upstairs, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember going and doing music therapy one on one with people in a nursing home, and this one guy who had never come out of his room to do any activities, no group activities. He didn't like that, and he hardly ever talked. So I'd go into his room every once in a while and bring my small piano in there and just play songs. And, you know, I'd, I'd play one song that, that I was figuring what he could relate to. And then I'd ask him questions about, Hey, did you ever, you know, I'm singing bicycle built for two. Hey, did you ever ride on a bicycle? Did you ever ride on a bicycle with two people? And then I could get him to talk, but it had to start with the music. You know, he had to think about, he had to hear the song relate to it from his past. And then I could, he could, he would open up a little bit and talk about, you know, something that went on in his life. So that was really neat for me to be able to get him to even talk about things because he was, he just kept to himself so much. Hmm. Well, that strikes me as a, as a goal to pursue that is loftier than fame or, you know, X amount of views on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. 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 You <laughs> watch me sing this song for Fred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause the ultimate goal of music therapy is not the music part. Yeah. It's, it's the, whatever comes after that. Yeah. The music is a medicine. Yeah. It's just part of a, of a treatment. The, the ultimate goal is to be able to, heal yeah so now you know you you you're privy to the traditional closing question so what should people listen to okay what should people listen to i'll probably give the same answer i gave well if this is what i gave the other day (laughs) people should listen to what i'm talking okay i'll talk music here people should listen to music that they love and music that makes them feel good, but they should also be searching out music that is not what they love. Because if you find music that is something really different, the more you are in tune with it, you might learn to like it, which is true of so much music. You know, the first time you hear it, eh, probably not. And then as as you hear it more and more, you'll you'll get to like it. So I think, um, what you should you listen to, you should expand your horizons when it comes to listening to music and expand your horizons when it comes to playing music. You should be listening to what you're doing when you're making music. Um, as far as outside of music, you should be listening to other people talk and not worrying about talking all the time. You know, the most, most of a conversation should be you listening to somebody. I love it when I'm with people that I haven't been with very much and they 
certain people just love to talk, 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 talk. And they don't really know anything about me. By the time we finish the conversation, they're like, oh, this was such a great conversation. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I mean, and they enjoyed talking, but this was not really a conversation. So um, people should be listening to other people. I want to zoom in on Steve, the preschool child of three who couldn't or never stood up on his own and did in response to music or in anticipation for the music. This reminded me of a passage from a book. Uh, It's called The Bible. You may have heard of it. It says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. I can't help but uh, see an echo of Steve in here. So is music producing literal miracles? I don't know. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It's up to you to decide. But there's definitely something, as Solve pointed out, powerful in music that we ought not to ignore as musicians, as music therapists, and music enthusiasts. I will see you in the new year. Until then, Merry Christmas, and may you and your family be well in this season.